0: The total amount of student loans I owe is $119,397.
1: I had about $25,000 in student loan debt.
0: I owe over
1: $40,000.
0: I'm currently in $60,000 in debt. I have $50,000 in student debt. This is the cost of opportunity. A podcast about student loan debt from the Cap Times. I'm Caitlin Farrell.
1: I'm a 43 year old man who lives up in Dodge County. I'm a 16 year state employee, and I still have a remaining balance of $63,000 on an original $80,000 loan that I've already been paying for for 17 years.
0: Last episode of the podcast, we talked with one borrower, a state of Wisconsin employee, whose student debt experience has been a nightmare. He requested that I not use his real name, but he let me use his real voice for the podcast. We'll call him Bill. Bill incurred $60,000 in student debt while earning a bachelor's degree from UW Madison in 1992 and a master's degree from the University of Idaho right after. When he got married in 2003, he decided to consolidate his debt with his wife's so they could buy a house. Their mortgage lender recommended something called a joint spousal consolidation.
1: The feds did have this program from the late 90s that only lasted till about 2005. So a husband and wife or any married couple could combine their loans to lower their monthly payment. So we were able to drop ours from, you know, 600 plus a month to a more reasonable like 480.
0: They got lower monthly payments with a consolidated federal loan of $80,000 at a 6.25% interest rate.
1: And that alone allowed us to be able to afford a home. We didn't know at the time, you know, what would happen.
0: The couple bought a home and had a daughter. Then, several years later, they got divorced.
1: This is what makes the uh, joint spousal consolidation loan such a headache for anybody that's in it. I guess they never thought of what happens when these people got divorced. It didn't uh, take into effect anything other than you both signed it. You're both responsible for it, even through the divorce.
0: Under the terms of the program, both spouses are jointly liable for the newly consolidated loan. If one partner dies or gets sick or permanently disabled, the other partner is still responsible for the whole loan. If the couple gets divorced, even if one partner agrees to pay for the whole loan, both partners' names are still on it.
1: That loan will tie us together longer than our kid. Our kid's going to be an adult in 10 years or whatever, and we're going to sell this loan forever. To her, it's an anchor on a cruise ship size, just tied to me that she doesn't want anymore. This is a bad reminder of us that she'll never be able to get rid of until it's paid off. And with it going back into a standard repayment, it never will. I can't afford that.
0: In his divorce, Bill and his ex-wife decided he would take responsibility for the whole loan.
1: So I pay the entirety of the loan, and it's not been easy for me to have to pay for you know two people. It also has not been easy for her. Every time she applies for anything, too, that comes up on her you know, her credit balance, even though she doesn't have to pay a single penny for it. It still shows up on every time she applies for anything that has to do with credit, be it a car, be it a home, be it anything.
0: His ex-wife even had him take out a life insurance policy for the value of the loan, so if he dies, she can use that money to pay it back. Government employees like Bill would typically be eligible for Public Service Loan Forgiveness, a program created in 2007 to help those in public service jobs get out of debt. However, that's not the case with Bill. He consolidated his loans through an older federal lending program, the Federal Family Education Loan Program. Public Service Loan Forgiveness is only offered to those who have a loan consolidated through the most current lending program, called Direct Loans it's impossible to reconsolidate a joint spousal loan into a direct loan.
1: I looked into it every year since it came out, and every year they have said no because of the type of loan. Even though we both qualify individually, joint, we don't. This loan would be done this year, because the very first year that thing was made eligible, I think it was almost 9, 10 years ago. And we've been trying 9 or 10 years, but since it's a joint spousal thing, we don't qualify. You know, if I'm making the payments, I truly feel that I should be eligible for that program.
0: Looking back, Bill says doing the joint spousal loan and failing to understand its terms was the biggest mistake he's ever made.
1: I don't recall there being anything saying that this could not be split in the future, but I'm sure at the same time that they didn't expect this program to go away after a year either. She was always pretty much against it, my ex-wife. You know, in retrospect, she still says it was the worst decision she's ever made. Not me necessarily, but the joint loan. She still blames this loan, the fact that she's not married now, even though she's been with the same guy forever. It's probably the reason I'm not is because of this loan. Who, Who wants to be saddled with somebody with this? And the consequences are stuff you didn't think about at the time 14 years ago. Who does?
0: Ultimately, he just wishes he could get the loan in his name exclusively. He's tried many times.
1: I've tried I've sent him the copies of my divorce records for years. It says my name. I'm the only one responsible for this. You've sent who? The feds. Nav- Naviant.
0: Naviant, right. Finding support has been hard. He's been disappointed with his servicer, Naviant. He said that whenever he calls them, he gets different answers to his questions depending on who picks up the phone. A lot of people he reaches out to have never heard of the joint consolidation loan. And the numbers of people affected are probably so small, he says, that no one seems to care.
1: There is nothing I can do now with no support. When I call it an aviant, no support at the state level, no support from your reps at the federal level. I'm going to be paying this thing long after I'm retired. There's no way out of this. I mean, even if I wanted to quit making payments on it, I'm in public service. They're going to, they're going to Take my check. I'm ready to take my check after, and there's no, there's nothing I can do. There is no way out.
0: This loan consumes a lot of Bill's time and energy. It may soon consume even more. Navient kicked him off his income-based repayment plan, and in January his monthly payments will increase significantly. Bill was kicked off the plan because even though his wife is not paying on the loan, her income is counted too. Together, they make too much money to keep Bill's payments where they were. All of this makes Bill feel really isolated and ashamed. So for this podcast, you did not want your name to be used. Um, you, and you don't want to say your name, and that's, that's all right. I'm wondering if you can explain a little bit about why.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am ashamed. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I'm not going to give my name. And there is a whole heck of a lot of shame with this. I mean, anybody that's in my family, anyone close to me knows this already. That's good enough. There's some people from work that know I'm coming down here today. That's enough. I don't need that hassle. It's nothing that I'm embarrassed about, but I am disappointed and ashamed that I can't do anything about it. And that's enough for me. I don't like, I mean, it's the fact that I have zero control is upsetting and shameful and embarrassing. And the fact that it was one of the huge reasons I got divorced in the first place was this damn loan. I don't wanna why I no. And plus I'm not a big person to have my name out there anyways.
0: At the end of the day, Bill said he'd get into debt again to pursue his career as a public servant. He doesn't regret the debt necessarily, just how he chose to consolidate it.
1: No matter how much you have to pay each month, it's worth it.
0: At the end of the day, still that. Yep. Okay, can you explain why?
1: (laughs) Because I grew up in a factory town, at least I'm not working on a punch press. Just don't let money or how much something costs stop you from going after whatever it is. I wouldn't change doing that again. I just probably wouldn't have done this alone.
0: So you feel like the opportunity is still worth the cost? Absolutely. And that is the finale of The Cost of Opportunity. There will continue to be print stories in this series published at captimes.com. You're welcome to email me with more story ideas at k.farrell@madison.com, at madison.com, or if you're on Twitter, find me at Caitlin Farrell. Again, a huge thank you to Eric Lawrenson, who edited and mixed The Cost of Opportunity. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. Thank you again for listening, and thanks to those who trusted me with their stories. I'm Caitlin Farrell.